good is God? You know, I've, I've been practising the art of gratitude. And, you know, sometimes we get news, sometimes things happen and you just go, what was that about? What? And I've gone to the place of I can worry or I can be full of gratitude that God knows all things. He's over all things. He's in charge of all things. And so I want you to position yourselves to be a people who glorify God in the good things and in the things that sometimes are not so good. Because at the end of the day, we serve a God who is in charge of all things, who knows all things, who can move into all things, who can position things into place, who can do miracles. And we glorify God because He is a miracle working God. For He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Amen. Yeah, you know, even just a moment, if you are pressing in for it and you need a need right now, I just wanna pray over you. There's something that you need God to move into in your life. I want you to raise your hand. We're gonna pray together. Yeah, many hands right now. Father, Lord, you see, you see the individual situations that these people are facing right now. You are a God who is more than enough. You are a God who is a healer. You are a God who is a provider. You are a God who speaks into dead places and breathes life. And Father, we come to You right now and we ask on behalf of these people who have their hands raised, signifying to You, God, that they need You to intervene. We ask, oh God, on their behalf that You would intervene, You would speak, You would heal, You would provide, You would bring wisdom, understanding in their situations and we thank You, we can come to You. Well, you may take your seats. Today is All In Sunday. And the Bible, Psalm 133 says, Blessed it is. How pleasant it is when brothers and sisters, brethren dwell together in unity. And so we've got our, all our locations joining together. We've got Moray Field. We've got Pastor Joe. We've got Pastor Hendrico from Redcliffe. They're going to join. Yeah, there they are. <laughs> and Hendrico's going to join. There he is. Hello. So good. Awesome. <laughs> Redcliffe says hello. Hello, Redcliffe. Morayfield, hello, hello. Morayfield. And hello, Warner. Good job, guys. Love technology. So good. Well, <laughs> we are glad that we can be together. Joe, you're never stuck for words, and today you're stuck for words. No, I'm not stuck for words. I'm listening attentively. Oh, that's awesome. Listening to you. It's so good to, that we can do this, isn't it? I love the fact that we can be three locations, three congregations, but one people, one church in unity. And the blessing of God is upon and merge. Amen. And we're, 
And we're so excited. Hendrico, you looking good today? Wore your oh, grandfather you. collar shirt. It's good. It's they love you ready. over in Redcliffe. I'm jealous. I love them. That's <laughs> oh, awesome. It's good. Well, we're going to come in a time of communion right now. And, and Hendrico is actually going to present a communion message to us this morning. And so uh, we're glad that uh, Morayfield is going to come back on in a moment. But together, Morayfield, Redcliffe and Warner, we're going to come round the table of communion. Let's listen right now. Thank you, Pastor Nina. Thank you, Warner, Morayfield, for joining us here at Redcliffe. It is uh, such a privilege and honour that we have, as Pastor Nina said, to be able to share this morning with you all as well as being in-house here at Redcliffe, which is super, super exciting. Well, I went on a bit of a road trip with my friend Pastor Jason last week. It was amazing. I miss church. I don't know if Jason did, but I miss church. Uh, and we went all the way down to Newcastle, made our way back up, and we came back on a Sunday evening. We had the Monday to recover, but on Tuesday, straight back into it. Tuesday, we went straight back into staff meeting. And the first thing we did as staff on a Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. was read the whole book of Job. We just sat there and read the whole book of Job. We were given an hour. Some may not have finished it in that hour. I did not. Some did. Some are much quicker readers. But there's one in particular passage, a lot of it stood out to me, obviously. When you read uh, Job in one go, uh, it's a lot of information, but it is impacting and powerful. And what I, what I did realize is I've got good friends. I've got great, I spent a week with one of my best friends. He's a good friend. He didn't rebuke me once. He didn't say to me that I'm a sinner and that I've got all these diseases because I'm a sinner. Job's friends did. Job's friends were not very kind to him. And so in that sense, there's a few different things between Job and myself. Job is, well, he lived a, a long time ago. I did not. I live now. Job had bad friends. I did not. Job lost everything. I have everything. I'm a blessed man. I didn't need to go away on a road trip to figure out that I'm a blessed man. I know that I'm a blessed man. And I will continue to pray. And as I encourage every single one of you as well, continue to pray that the hand of protection the hand of God will not come off of your life. And you will continue to be blessed. You will continue to walk in freedom. But Job was not like that. Job's life turned horrible. Job's, Job was faced with so many different difficulties and trials and, and shortcomings. He lost everything. He lost all his wealth. He lost all his family. Even his wife turned to him and said, well, you best just curse God because everything else has failed for you. But he held on to his faith. He held on to his faith in God, knowing that God is everything to him. Knowing that if everything else falls away, he can hold on to God. So I want to read out of Job chapter 19, verse 25 to 27. It says this, But as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and he will stand upon the earth at last. And after my body has decayed, Yet in my body, I will see God. I will see him for myself. Yes, I will see him with my own eyes. I am overwhelmed by this thought. Through all the trials that Job went through, through all the pain, through all the heartache, 
sitting there with blisters all over his body, being condemned by his friends, friends. He says, my Redeemer lives. I know this. No matter what I face, my Redeemer lives. And yes, we sit in this beautiful room. We sit in the room at Warner. We sit in the room at Morayfield. We don't have issues like Job had. We still have family, most of us. We still have loved ones that support us. No matter what we do, even if we fall short of God's glorious standard, and we do, we're not condemned. People don't come up to us and tell us how horrible we are, that this happened because I fall short. We don't have that. We don't live like Job lived. But what we do have in common is our Redeemer. And our Redeemer does live. And our Redeemer will one day return for us. And the covenant that He made for us through His blood and by His body is that He will come back for us. Yes, we don't have the hardships that Job had, but we do have our own hardships. We do have our own struggles. We do fall short of God's glorious standard. And we do need redemption. We do need a Redeemer. And He lives. He is there for us. He is there with us. He intercedes on our behalf daily. And His hand of protection will not leave us. As we continue to walk in His will and walk in His ways, He will guide us. He will lead us. And He will lead us into eternity with Him. And this here, these emblems, is the covenant, is the sign that it will come to pass. It is what we do every time we gather in communion. We remember this promise. We remember the promise He made for you and for me as individuals, as a, as a, a family, and as a complete body of Christ. Anyone who declares Jesus to be Lord of their life and believes that He rose again for us can be redeemed. So this morning, I want us to partake in communion together. So if you've got your emblems, I hope you've done the noisy part and, and the opening of them. But we're going to partake in communion together this morning. So let me pray. Lord, I thank you so much for your body that was broken for us. Your body that gives us life and life in abundance, God. Not just for the life to come, but in this life now. So let us partake together. And Lord, I thank you for your blood, your precious blood that was poured out for us, that cleanses us, that washes us white as snow, that purifies us. And when God the Father looks at us, He sees His perfect Son. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are our Redeemer. Thank you, Lord, that you live. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us. Thank you, Lord, that we will be in eternity with you, those of us that believe in you. And thank you, Lord, that you laid it all down, your life, so that whoever may believe in you will be redeemed in the mighty name of Jesus. We praise you for it. Amen. 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 Isn't God good? He is our Redeemer, and He sure does live. Amen. Well, I'd like to continue on this service and I'll pass it over to Pastor Joe over there at Morrowfield.
Wonderful. Well, good morning, Morayfield, and good morning, Redcliffe, and good morning, Warner, as well. It is exciting to be together today. And today, uh, whatever location uh, you guys are all sitting in, uh, we're going to uh, now take a moment uh, to bring our sacrificial offering to the Lord. And uh, I just want to read, first of all, a uh, a verse uh, for us all. And uh, in prayer and prep for this time, uh, I want to read to you from Philippians chapter 4, verses 15 to 20. Uh, there's a particular the uh, couple of sentences of this passage uh, that I want to share it. with us this morning. It says this, I am well supplied. This is Paul talking. Having received from Ephroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice, acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. There's two things that I want to draw out uh, from that today, church. The first one is that it is an act of worship. Our giving is always an act of worship because we give to God, our King. He is the one that we're giving to. We're not giving to Emerge Church. We're not giving to Morrowfield. We're not giving to Redcliffe. We're not giving to Warner. We are giving to God, the one who loves us, the one who adores us, the one who sent his son for us. This is what the Bible requires of us. And today is a, is a different offering. Today is a free will offering. It's an above and beyond. It's a sacrificial offering. It's like a offering from the heart. It's a because we want to offering. There's our tithes that we receive each and every week, as the Bible says. But then there's also offerings at different points throughout Scripture for all different various things. And this is what I would say is most similar to the one that Moses asked all of the people to bring their offering so that the vision of the temple that God had given Moses could be built. And God told Moses, tell the people. And so Aaron went out, his spokesperson, and told all the people, we want you to give out of the abundance that you were blessed with when you came out of slavery from Egypt. There's a whole massive principle around that as they came with what God had blessed them with out of the bondage that their life was, God said, okay, I want to, get, I want to ask you to give a portion of that now. It's an act of worship. It's honoring God for all God has done in our lives. The next thing that we see here was that it was a fragrant offering. Like in the Old Testament, they would bring their offering and sacrifice it. Their offering was a little bit different to ours. If we burned our offering, uh, money would burn up. Uh, it would probably not smell great. And also if you burned it digitally, that would not be smart as well. In the old days, it smelled good because it was meat. And they were to burn their offerings as a sacrifice unto the Lord. It was their seed. It was their animals. It was a goat, a dove, a bull, a lamb, whatever it might have been for whatever was required. And so as it was burning, it was a beautiful, smelling, fragrant offering unto the Lord. And it's the principle that Paul teaches us in the New Testament that as we give, it is the same because it's a sacrifice. It is a beautiful, sweet-smelling fragrance because we are responding to what God has done for us. You see, today is about the future. Today is not about today. As you heard, if you saw one of the videos over the last couple of weeks, 
uh, you would see that we are giving out of our seed to plant it into the kingdom of God to see his kingdom grow. And that's what we want. I'm, I know you want that. I know I want that. You know, uh, last night in Petrie, there was a gathering of the witches. It was called the Witches Festival. And there was a park in Petrie as I drove past on Anzac Avenue that was full, overflowing with marquees and all these different food trucks. And they were all selling stuff about witch stuff and witchcraft and crystals and all this crazy uh, ornaments and different things like that. And for a moment, as I'm driving past with Yvana in Alaska, just started praying in tongues and rebuking the enemy. And, and I started binding the strong man of that area. And I was like, in Jesus' name, no, Lord, let your name be lifted high in this region. And, and then it hit me this morning after being encouraged by a story by someone. And church, this is incredible that I realize that our community is seeking. Our community is searching. They are looking for something because they know there's more to life. There must be something after we pass. And so they are searching and seeking. Now, these guys are, are thinking, well, maybe this might be the answer. But church, we know what the answer is. We know who the answer is, and his name is Jesus. That's one of the many reasons why we do things like this each and every year where we receive a, an offering, a special offering, to go to the expansion of the kingdom of God because we don't want people going to a witch's gathering thing. We want them to hear about Jesus, the one who's going to give them hope and life and freedom and breakthrough and joy and peace and love. That's what I want our community to see. And that's what this is all about today. So a couple of practical things in each of our locations. It's going to be here today. I'm going to ask the service team now to bring uh, forward in each location uh, the pots. And uh, these are pot plants because of the imagery we are planting our seed today. It's actually why, church, uh, each and every Sunday we use those small black uh, pots uh, that you would normally put plants in because it is giving out of our seed into the kingdom. So for our giving today, I'd love you to come in your families as you give today. And I want this to be a special moment together. Singles, couples, or families. If you're giving online or some other way, I would love for you to still engage in this moment today as an act of worship. You will notice on the envelope halfway down, there is a little box right next to it where it says, please tick this box if you have or are giving, uh, sorry, going to give online. So all you need to simply do is just tick that and then you can still come as a family or a couple as a single and today in an act of worship give. If you're not giving today, if you're new, like I said before here in Morrowfield, Redcliffe Warner, if you're new or if you're visiting us today, this is something that we do as a family. So please don't feel compelled uh, to give today because the Bible says, as we heard in the video, church, that God loves a cheerful and willing giver, someone who has decided to give in their heart, not under compulsion. So today, we don't want anyone to give like that. There's no rules. There's no requirements around giving. If you don't want to give, that's okay. There's no requirements. There's no rules around our giving. Church, as you've heard many times, and if you haven't heard, we don't know who gives. We don't know how much. No pastor, no leader knows. It all goes into the bank accounts, and the finance team that we have takes care of that. 
But today, the giving is for the vision, the expansion of the kingdom of God. So in each location, there should now be some pots in the aisles. And uh, this is where we're going to come forward. And this is how I want you to do it. We're actually going to hear an item from Warner. Uh, It's going to be on the main screen. It's going to go live to all of our locations. And it's a song called Bloom. It's a beautiful song. And while this song is being played by the team, what I'd love us to do is when you can, uh, I want you to stand to your feet and I want you to come up and I want you to uh, put your offering into the pots and then I want you to walk back on the opposite side of the aisle to make room for others uh, to ensure if there is flow. Uh, Redcliffe and Warner and Morrifield, uh, if you haven't received a pen yet and you would like one, uh, please just raise your hand now and the team will come and find you where you are if you'd like to fill out the envelope uh, there that way. Um, Lastly, Redcliffe, What I need you to do is at the bottom of your envelopes, I need you to write Redcliffe. Warner, the bottom of your envelopes, I need you to write Warner. And Morayfield here at the bottom of our envelopes, I'd love you to write Morayfield. That way we know the money is going into each of the three churches so that the outworking of that is then able to be done uh, for our finance team. So if I can have the team come forward, our band, and get ready, and I'm going to pray, and then church, as the team plays and sings this song for us, Bloom, I invite you in your time to stand, come on down, and walk back the other side of the aisle. Let me pray as we give today. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all that you have done for us. God, we are so blessed. Lord, especially, I think, even as we live here in Australia, Lord God, the abundant life that each of us live. Lord God, I pray that we would never lose sight and awe of the wonder of what you have done for us. God, I pray today as we give a portion of what you have blessed us with back to you. God, we pray as Emerge Church that it would go to expanding your kingdom. And Lord God, specifically, we ask that it would be multiplied in souls, a great harvest both now and in the future. Lord, even in 2023, God, those of us that are believing for family members, for friends, for colleagues, for our neighbours, for our community to be impacted by the kingdom of God. Lord God, we ask that as a church and as families, we would run with the gospel news unrestricted. So God, we pray that it would come back pressed down, shaken together and brimming all over. Lord God, into our laps and over, Lord, blessed to be a blessing that we would see so many souls being saved in our own homes, in other people's homes, testimonies to glorify our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, Amen. 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 We'll turn your eyes to the screen and as the band plays, Church, Redcliffe, Moira for Warner, let's give together today. Thank you. You can start to give now if you want to come. It started with faith as small as a seed. Yeah, everything changed the day I believed. My sins washed away. These blind eyes could see. The gospel keeps on giving, and it won't end with me. The kingdom of God is living in me and in you. The kingdom of God is in blue. So 
also like a trust in us and so I just honor you and I just say thank you I tried not to be emotional but I just can't help it I love our church I love Immerse Church I love you at Redcliffe I love you at Morayfield I'm so honored and so privileged that Nina and I get to pastor this church there's so many great people there's so many people that give their lives of their substance of, of who they are. And we see this church by the grace of God moving forward and going forward. I'm so grateful for our board. I'm so grateful for our staff. I'm so grateful for the people that are just in our church. I, I look around and I know many of your stories. I know that you're not just flush with funds and there's money just coming out everywhere. I know that many of you do it tough. I know that many of you kind of like work out your budgets and, and it isn't easy because it isn't easy. And yet you still find time, you still find it in your heart to be obedient to what it is that God has said. So thank you, church. Thank you, Immerse Church. You know, we take it very seriously. 
You know, as Pastor Joe so well said, this is worship. This isn't ours. This is your worship to God given in the forms of an offering. And so we take that very seriously. I'm not going to play around, muck around, treat glibly or just take it for granted your worship. This is something that you have done, something that you've done in obedience, something that you've done sacrificially. So when we as a board come together, when we as staff look at how we distribute us and what we do with it, we do it in prayer, we do it with a seriousness, and we do it with a sense of what is going to see the kingdom of God expanded the most. And so that's the heart. We're never, ever going to do it just like, well, that's all right, they're supposed to give. That's not our heart at all. We just have a gratefulness to it. So I'm going to ask the board and the staff in each of the areas. We've got some board members. Each area, we've got some staff. You'd come to the stage, maybe bring one of those pots with you. And we're going to come and we're going to pray. And I'm going to ask Pastor Fred Evans. You know, he's a very loved person within our church. He's someone that's been a champion of Nina and I for so long. He's been in ministry for ever. And now his church is bigger than ever because he's online all the time. And so, Pastor Fred, why don't you come? I'm going to put this down for a moment. Why don't you come up? I want us all to stand right now. I'll have a microphone, please. Thank you, Paul. I want you to extend your hands. We're going to pray that God blesses us funds. I want to pray that it's like the loaves and fishes. It goes out and it feeds thousands. Goes out and feeds thousands. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Put your hands down a minute. The Holy Spirit. Is here. Amen. He sees you putting your hand up. You know, I'm an old man now. <laughs> and I can look back and see the progress of the seed planting that's taken place. Amazing. Can I have a minute? Of course. Take as much as you like. When I was a young fella, you young guys, I was 21 when I gave my heart to God to serve Him. And I went into a village in Papua New Guinea, way up on a mountaintop. I took your pastor there, but he didn't want to go up the mountain. It was too much for him. <laughs> Anyhow, I, I went 21. up this mountain and I found a village up there that never heard the gospel before. So I preached the gospel and taught them and the whole village came to Christ. Now, they'd never given offerings in their life. They never had money. So... You know what they did? They brought their yams and their mamis and their taros and their vegetables and put them on the platform, on the poop, in the area where I stood in front of their village. Do you know that church in New Guinea? <laughs> Talk about seed time and harvest. The church in New Guinea 
which the Assemblies of God sent, about 80 missionaries went there. Today, it is bigger than the ACC in Australia. That's right. That's amazing. Yes. That's in my lifetime. I've seen it happen and I'm excited about. Can we have those words? I love these, the lyrics. Than you Which could ever is. imagine. Yes. What you are planting today in your offerings, what you're planting today, you have no idea what it'll be like. 70 years, Amen. 50 years, 40 Amen. years time. And you'll look back, some of you young people, you look back and talk to your children and you'll say, I remember when that <laughs> dottery old pastor stood up there <laughs> and talked about seed time and harvest and much fruit, more fruit, much fruit, everlasting fruit. There, look at it. This will be, this congregation will be peanuts in size Amen. compared to what God's planning Amen. to do. And the Holy Spirit is here. He's watching us. He's all around us. He's omnipresent. Say omnipresent. Omnipresent. He's here. You folk in Morayfield, <laughs> some of you have given all you could. It's amazing. And God sees that. God, <laughs> the Holy Spirit, he's in, he's in Morayfield and you guys in Redcliffe, he's there too. We all came together this morning on this technology, but in actual fact, it's, he is here. Amen. If you take a deep breath, you may feel him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you for these leaders that you've given to us. I thank you for our pastor that's emotional, but he feels for the church. I thank you for his dear wife. I thank you for each one, Lord. I lay my hands upon them. Expect good things to happen. Expect good things to happen. Expect good things to happen because you have sown in righteousness and faith. And so we bless this offering, Lord. We bless the seed. Amen. Lord, I pray that as these leaders take that seed and invest it in Morayfield, in Redcliffe, and here, wherever, and on the mission field, you will send a bumper harvest. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And now I take a deep breath in faith. And with the eye of faith, I see it happening. Thank you, Father. And I bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a great hand. We thank you, oh God. Come on, let's give him a praise. We praise you, oh God. We praise you, oh God. We praise you, oh God. Amen. You can take your seats. Oh, that was powerful. Thank you, Pastor Fred. Thank you, Pastor Fred. That, that, was, that was wonderful. So uh, at, at the moment, there's a whole lot of birthdays in the church at the moment. Hendrico, pa no, not pastor yet, 
soon to be a pastor. Enrico turned 30. Hey, that's pretty cool. 30 this week. That's great. Do you know that uh, the day that I turned 30, I, I'd never actually thought too much about girls. Oh, yeah, I like girls, but I never thought too much about getting married or anything like that. But then when I turned 30, I woke up and I go, I should be married. I need to get married. And literally, I just went on this quest. Every girl between 18 and 80 was a potential. All right? Who wasn't married? All right, so. But I found my bride three years later. And how good was that? That was a great day. So uh, um, also, we have Julie's birthday is tomorrow. So one of the long-serving members of our church. And today, today is Kent Fennell's, right, and Simon Bedville's birthday today together, and they were born on the same day. They're the actual same age. That's incredible, right? So, Pastor Joe, your dad, make sure you buy him a good gift. Hendrico, father-in-law, make sure you look after him. Jason, your dad, make sure you look after him. So, uh, I just think it's fantastic. So, let's give all our birthday people a, a wonderful hand. You know, I just think how blessed our church is out of the families of those two, of Kent and Simon. You know, Simon and Kent, what they've brought to our church in bringing their whole families and, and giving themselves wholeheartedly in every way, we are just, we're just blessed beyond measure. And so we honor you guys today. That's fantastic. So let's pray. I'm actually going to preach, and I believe I've got a good word. Father, I ask that you would take what I'm about to say, make it real, make it faith-filled, oh God. Let it stir people, oh God, but let them also have an understanding, Father. Help me speak and teach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So I've been thinking and speaking for the last little while about speaking and for the last little while about our mandate. So we have a mandate as our church. It's kind of like sets out all the things that we'd like to be and how we run our church. And I like to do it every few years, and I'd realized it'd been a long time since I last did it. To be honest, when I looked at it, I found that everything was AHCC, so I have at least not done it for six years. So I thought with the whole church coming together, with the whole three locations being in one place, that today I would look at our mandate. And then we can kind of have a measure of how we're going and, and look at what we're doing. See, when you have a mandate, it helps inform all your decisions. It helps you kind of like look at why we do what we do. Are we doing what we're meant to do? And so this morning we're going to go through it and I want it to stir you and I want you to see yourself in this mandate and hopefully at the end of it, you can align yourself to it. See, it's the reason why every year we have provision for the vision. God has a vision for this church. You know, we have Vision Sunday. But to be honest, really Vision Sunday should be called Focus Sunday. Because our vision doesn't change. Who we are and what we do as a church doesn't change every year, but sometimes God's focus changes. Our, our vision will remain the same till pretty much the next pastors come who are going to pastor 
and uh, emerge church. See, we're going to oversee the church and run the church according to the pattern that God has given us. So I know, and I know you can say that our focus for this year is fruit, more fruit. I actually heard you, Redcliffe and Morayfield. You said that that loud. That's God's focus for this year. You know, the church has five values. They're five bedrocks that we feel are important and that we line much of what we do uh, to see what we want to achieve. So we have salvation as a bedrock. We want people to hear the gospel and have the opportunity to respond. Discipleship is a bedrock. We want people to grow in their personal faith. I don't want you to be the same. I want you to grow in your personal faith. It's mission. Emerge Church can never just be about Emerge Church. That's not God's heart at all. Encounter. We want a real encounter with a real God because an encounter with God really is the beginning of everything. I don't want you to encounter the church. I don't want you to encounter great leaders. I don't want you to encounter excellent teaching. I want you to encounter Jesus. I want you to encounter God and connection. We are our brother's keeper and we need each other. Now, each one of these is a sermon alone. And if you've been in the church a little while, you'll find that probably about four years ago, we did do a sermon on every one of those five. So, but we also have a mandate. Who knew we had a mandate? Give me a wave. A number of you. Good. So I've been here a while. Right? So, and we want to drill down on that a little bit today. It's, it's more like a, a template, a design, like, like plans to follow. You know, a bit later on in this service, as we finish, we're going to launch our summer. Our summer this year is called Build. It's at the end of September. It's going to be awesome. We've got fantastic speakers. Once again, the family's getting together. It's going to be excellent. But it's called build because God is a builder. And God doesn't build without plans. God knows what he's doing. God builds lives and God builds churches. And so we need to be careful to build upon the pattern or the plan that God has given us. God said to Moses when he built the tabernacle way back in Exodus 25, verse 40, he says, be sure that you make everything according to the pattern I have shown you here on the mountain. So this mandate is our building plans. I believe that God gave Nina and I this pattern. And he says, build the church according to this. This is what I believe that we're called to do. This is particular and personal to Pastor Nina and myself. These are our building plans. So it has a headline. It's kind of like the overarching statement. And it says this, and most of them should come up behind me. It says, Emerge Church, building disciples of Christ who through their life and example emerge and make the teachings of Jesus attractive. That's who we are. If you could put us down into one sentence, that's what I would want us to be. And so if you got some plans of a house, many times they would have the picture of the finished product 
on the front of those plans. That's how I look at this. This is, this is how I want us to be, that we are building disciples of Christ who through their life and example emerge and make the teachings of Jesus attractive. And then we, we, we break that down in, with our mandate. And you'll probably see many of those five values that I spoke about before kind of entwined and interwoven into, those, uh, into this mandate, which I think actually makes sense because like, we don't want to have kind of like these are our values, this is our mandate, and they're kind of separate. They're kind of like just a little bit more. So let's go with it. Emerge Church will emerge as an attractive church. We have been placed in the northern suburbs of Brisbane to attract people of all ages and stages to the good news of Jesus. Now, attractive is a big word here at Emerge. Now, I know it makes sense when you're talking about Nina, but it's not so much the uh, physical attractiveness. It's about being drawn to. That's why we want to be a church. Not a term, not physically attractive or physically alluring, but people being drawn here, whether through our programs or our people, that people will be drawn to this church. And you know what? While Nina and I have been the pastors here at the church, I don't think there's been one Sunday when someone new hasn't been here at one of our locations. So well done, locations. Well done, Warner, uh, Morayfield, uh, and Redcliffe for actually uh, bringing people. So God has placed us in the northern suburbs. I feel strongly about that. So that he can send people from the northern suburbs of Brisbane here. I would be very surprised if God ever asked me or us to start a church in the south of Brisbane or in another state or in another country. I can't see that happening. We may support someone. We may send someone. But I don't see us going there ourselves as a church because I believe that God has placed us into the northern suburbs of Brisbane. When Nina and I leave and the next pastors come, then who knows, that's the pattern that God will show the next pastors. But I believe that's the pattern for us. Though our goal will always be to make Jesus attractive, we also want to make sure that our buildings and our facilities are actually going to be of an excellent standard. They're never going to be opulent. It's never going to be extravagant. But I do want them to be excellent. And to be excellent costs money. So like when we bought the LED screens, that, that, that was expensive. But it's attractive. And when someone new comes to any one of our locations. You know, there's no church the size of Redcliffe that's got an LED screen. This is, this is something that draws people. They see something, and you can be proud of the church that you're bringing your friends and family to. Our next part is Emerge Church will endeavor to make disciples of Christ, which is, once again, part of the whole statement, whose lives example and emerge, making the teachings of Jesus attractive. And then I've drilled it down a bit more. We know we have come some way to achieving this when our congregation regularly introduce others into the life of our church. It'll not just be Sunday Christianity, but rather a lifestyle lived out through the whole week. You know, this teases out a little bit our main statement. Church is about seeing the lost saved and about seeing Christians growing. Jesus said to us, Preach the gospel 
to the unsaved and disciple the saved. And so because of that, Emerge Church has to be more than just a Sunday service. Your Christianity has to be lived out. Your Christianity has to be affected on Thursday and on Saturday and in every area where you are. The Bible needs to be relevant, not just words on a page and doctrines that we've recited and memorized, but it's relevant so it actually helps in real life. And who knows that it does? It's still the answer book. It still is the answer. We don't want to be a religious organization, but we want to be a church that builds the kingdom of God. We go on with that. Emerge Church believes the message of salvation and redemption. What a great communion you did today, Hendrico, talking about that redemption. Redemption, that God takes something that's broken and makes it new again. The message of salvation and redemption should emerge in everything that we do. We're not here to rearrange the kingdom of God, but rather advance and enlarge God's kingdom. You know, that means basically that we just don't want to grow by getting people coming from other churches. Let them grow with people getting saved. We want people to come to faith. And that's why it's very rare that we'll do a service where there's no altar call. I am believing that, that the unsaved are going to be here, the unchurched are going to be here and listen to the good news. You know, our, all of our programs are actually designed with salvation and having a salvation aspect to them. So regardless of whether it's youth, our seniors, missions, our community visitor scheme, or whatever department or program that we run, we want people to find Jesus. You know, right now, at Redcliffe, Morayfield, and Warner, there's a kids' church going on. I want to tell you, that isn't just childminding. Those kids aren't there just so that we can have a quiet service. They're there to hear the gospel, and many of these come to Christ as little ones right there. See, everything has a salvation aspect to it. It also means that we're redemptive. We accept people who might not be like us. You know, some of the people that, that have been drawn to our church at different times, they don't look like us, but, but we accept them because God loves all people. And God's redemptive love can redeem any story. There's not a person on this earth who is outside of God's redemptive power. And we go, Emerge Church, we'll see the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit emerge. Yeah. We will place great importance on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and encourage all believers to be baptized in water. We are a Pentecostal church. I do want to tell you that. We are a Pentecostal church. We believe that God can be felt, touched, and sensed. We believe that Healing is for today. That miracles still happen. And we're never going to apologize for believing that God can do something supernatural in your life and encouraging you to believe God to do something supernatural in your life. We believe that there is a subsequent baptism of the Holy Spirit after the initial infilling of the Holy Spirit that comes at salvation. That this is the 
baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire prophesied by Jesus himself in Luke 4 and outworked in Acts 1 and 2 on the day of Pentecost when the baptism of the Holy Spirit came and filled that room. And that it's available to anyone who seeks it and desires it and that it's evidenced by the speaking of tongues. But we're never going to ostracize or exclude someone who doesn't agree. But we're going to teach it and we're going to encourage it boldly. We're not going to be scared of the various unusual manifestations that sometimes happen when God starts to move. But it will always be the God of the manifestations that we will seek and not the manifestations themselves. We'll believe in baptism of water. And we will regularly, in our locations on a Sunday night here, we will regularly have baptisms and we will boldly ask that you be baptized. If you haven't been baptized in water, that you follow the command of Christ, we will boldly do it and boldly speak it because we believe it's important and that God has asked us to do it. Immersed church will be a place where people feel they belong. They feel safe in bringing their children, friends, and extended family to be part of us regardless of their stage or season of life, where people emerge to help one another and great supportive friendships are made. You know, as a pastor, this is the one we're always looking at trying to improve. We think we do it okay in kind of like us as pastors and staff touching people, you know, it always could do better, but that across the aisle kind of pastoring, that you care about one another, that, that people wouldn't be alone, that people wouldn't feel like on the outer. And sometimes as a pastor, it breaks our heart, and every pastoral care pastor, and I'm sure location pastor, has says, we, we love your church, we love you, but it's just hard to connect. And we want to change that because this should be a place of connection. We want people to, to look out for each other. We want you to make your friends here. We want it easy to connect with different people. We want you to be inviters of people into your homes and into your lives. I asked the question, when was the last time you invited someone from church to your house? Right, whether Morayfield, Redcliffe, just invite someone to your house for a coffee, for a barbie, I just think that that's a wonderful thing. The Bible tells us that a friend is born for the day of adversity. And in adversity, when you're in adversity, I pray and we pray that it's a friend from this church that's going to stand by you, that's going to support you, that's going to be with you. You know, one of the reasons we push involvement so much isn't because we just need to get jobs done. It's so much more than that. We need it just to know we don't just want him to get roles filled. But when you get involved, you also connect with others. So if you're finding it hard to connect, get involved in something that the church does. And if we don't do something as a church that you think we should, why don't you start one? Why don't you start that area or do something? I know that we as pastors will do what we can to help you uh, get it going. And we'll get it going, and then other people will connect with you. Our next one is based on a scripture that I need to read first before I read it out, because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. Philippians 3 verse 12 says this, 
but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Immersed Church will facilitate people to find their purpose and to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of them. We want your that to emerge. See, we all have a that. And until you find your that, which is different than my that, which is different than Nina's that, which is different to Renato's that, driven to Pastor Fred's that. We all have our that. It's different to Hendrico's that. It's different to, to, to Pastor Joe's that. We all have a that. You know, sometimes we think it's that. Because even now I, I talked about people who are doing things. But whether you're not ever doing things, there's still a that that God has for you. And we're going to have leadership training here. We want to disciple you in your that, in your gift. The Bible tells us it's our gift that makes room for us. That It's our gift that makes it so we won't stand before unimportant men. So we're going to train. And I think we do that pretty well. I think that people are finding their that. And we have, as a church, seen an extraordinary people come into ministry. We really have. Where other churches all Australia and Australia are crying out for leaders and pastors, we've been able to get people from our very own church. We haven't had to go outside. We've been able to get them from our very own church to take a next step into ministry. And I want to say we're not finished yet. You know, I have one pastor who regularly preaches here, and he calls me the pastor of the overflow because of all the great young leaders that we have in our church and the maturity level of our church. A national executive member told me of the ACC said to me that we've got five of the top 20 young leaders in Australia in our church. I think that's remarkable. And I said, you haven't met some others. Let me tell you, we've got more than that. We've got the top 10. All right. You see, when people find they're that, there's God, there's no stopping what God's going to do in them and through them. All right, Immersed Church will not be swung to and fro by the latest fads of church trends. We are our own voice. Our own voice will emerge rather than the echo of another church's mandate. All that means is that Immersed Church will be Immersed Church. We're never going to be another church. We're never going to be Influencers Church. We're never going to be Planet Shakers Church. We're never going to be Hillsong Church. We don't need to be another church. We need to be us. We need who God's called us to be. And out of that, what happens is that we'll do some things that are unique. You know, we are one of the only churches, I think, that runs CVS, our community visitor scheme. Think about it. True religion is to look after the orphan and the widow. I think we look after the orphan well in the different programs that we do. But we are seeing close to 80 people a week visited who would have no one else visit them other than our community visitor scheme. I think that's remarkable. And I think that is the gospel. And that's unique. You know, our summer is unique. Every other church puts on a conference and they just invite everyone. You name it, you come. They kind of really just want a crowd. Well, I never invite anyone. The only outside people that come to our summer are our speakers. 
Because in the end, this is our family getting together. I'm not interested in just getting a big crowd and getting this person and all these things. I don't care about that. I care about you. So Moray Field, Redcliffe, Warner, decide that you're going to be at summer. It's a family coming together. This year, I'm believing we're going to have 500 registrations. So register today. Don't do what you do every week, every year, and register on the last week. All right? Maybe I'll give a $5 off. No, not, no, I won't. I won't. All right, no. All right, but register. Go and register today in the foyer. Right? It's our family getting together. That's why it's important. You know, this last year has been difficult for us because family is important to me. And we've got together as family. But Rachel's not there. This year I had my birthday and Rachel and Jack weren't there. It was like, gee, right? <laughs> now I don't want our summit this year to be like my birthday. It'd be great if Rachel watched this come, right? But, uh, uh, but it's not the same if you're not there. We had a good time. It was nice. People were kind to me. But it's not the same. Summer is going to be great. We'll have a good time. But it's not the same if you're not here. It's family coming together. Our family comes together. It's unique. It's something that's emerged church and will always be. All right. This is a bit more about governance. Emerged church will be pastor-led, board-empowered, staff-driven, and motivated by the needs of the congregation. We expect to be a church of significance that emerges as an example to other churches, pastors, and congregations. You know, Nina and I are the senior pastors of the church. We are the leaders of the church. We, in relationship with God, set the vision, set the mandate, set the plans. The board of the church, they empower us to make that vision happen. The staff and the leaders, they drive the vision. They're the ones who, who do the work. But it's always with the needs of the congregation in mind that the vision meets that. You know, when we wrote this, we were one location with just maybe three pastoral staff. And now God has brought us here where we now have three locations and I think around 12 pastoral staff. I think it's wonderful. You know, I've just been elected this week, or I've not just been elected, but just this week I was at the state executive meeting of the ACC, right, because I'm now on that state executive. We had Wonderworld this weekend where there were over 4,000 young people came together on the uh, Friday night. There's hundreds of salvations. It was just incredible. But Pastor Jason was leading the worship. Keith was like playing the guitar. Pastor Joe... Is, is very, no, no, he's playing, he's playing piano. That's a piano, isn't it? That's guitar. All right. <laughs> uh, if Redcliffe and Morayfield are on delay, just cut that bit, all right? But, um, you know, pastors from all over Australia and, and some around the world actually ring me and just say, what, what can you do? Because I pray I want to be a father. You know, two pastors a week I go and visit and just tell them they're doing a good job because my heart is to be a father, to be a blessing. You know, this is my 29th year in ministry this year 
and, and, I, and I love what I do. I, I love what I do. But for many pastors, it's difficult as they struggle with different things. And, and I'm able to go and encourage them. And I thank you, church, that you allow me to do that, that you give me that grace because I believe that we're meant to be a church of significance. And I think that's going to happen more and more. And that's what I pray, that over the next couple of years, that Nina and I are going to have that even more. You know, a very influential lady in our nation often just rings up Nina and says, can I just catch up? And she's able to speak. If I were to mention this person's name, we'd be like, oh, really? And Nina's not into kind of big noting herself, but because she just brings a voice of wisdom, a voice of peace, a voice of encouragement a voice of what God is doing. So I think that's great. Okay, Emerge Church will emerge as relevant to our people, no matter what age or stage. Our services were not going to be mere repetition, repetitions of the previous week. Each and every service will have the aim of meeting people where they are at and exhort them to love and good works. That's what the Bible says the church should do. You should come to church and you should be exhorted to love one another and to do good works. We're going to be a fun church where people enjoy rather than endure church. I hope that's true. You know, that's why we're doing our, uh, our Sunday fun days because we're trying to do something different, make it so that you can meet each other and just have a good time. Simply said, we're never going to be a religious place. Right? I, I, I'm always going to make mistakes. I'm always going to say some things. I'm always going to try and be an open book. You're never going to have this perfect pastor. And if you look at Enrico and you look at Joe, we're not perfect, but we're real, right? We're, we're, we're true. There's, there's not a whole lot of difference between us here behind the pulpit than, than, on the, than out there, maybe on the golf course, maybe, right? I, I, I will say that, right? But, but generally, we, we, we're doing all right. We're just pretty normal. And we're made up of people. But we're also going to endeavor... So, is it, okay, no, it's our next one. Should be an exciting place to be. You know, some things are not going to be your cup of tea, but they'll be someone else's cup of tea. Some things that we do might not be what you like, but someone else is going to love them. And that's what happens in family. You know, like I heard this, I was at a funeral this week, they had a lot of kids in the house, right? And so what they did, it was back in the day uh, where it was only four channels, right? And so what they did, every kid had an afternoon where every other kid had to watch what they wanted. Right? I thought, well, that was a great idea. Right? They could, and, and I just thought that was good. So they, they one day one wanted to watch Rin Tin Tin. Who remembers that? Right? And, right? and the other one, F Troop or something after school, Batman. Right? And then it was funny because the guy who passed away, they said he used to charge us five cents each. Right? So we could watch what they wanted to. <laughs> Smart kid. Right? So... Uh, but that's what happens, is that like, there's going to be different things, but we're going to try and meet the needs of everyone. Immerse Church will look after your children, teach our youth, disciple our young adults, train our parents, and honor our mature members. We're going to strengthen people in their trial, and God's ways will emerge as the best ways to deal with the vagaries of life. Immerse Church is made up of people, and we will endeavor to have programs that make you better, to help you overcome and live the promised abundant life no matter what happens or what stage of life that you're in. 
And I think if you look at our last month, it, I just think it examples that. We put on a women's event with a trained counsellor. Pastor Joe did a finance seminar for our young adults. Our young families held a disco last week and it went amazing. Apparently there were like 60 people there. I was like, oh my goodness, maybe I was wrong, right? Maybe I was wrong, right? Maybe. All right, but... Um, <laughs> and this week we got a men's breakfast. You know, we're going to be doing a parenting and family seminar later in the year. We have different teachers, some really Holy Ghost, some holy, the Holy Spirit, some the Word. That's what we're doing. We're going to try and make you better. Immersed Church will be a mission-minded church. We're getting to the end. That sees us emerging with impact all around our community, our city, our country, and world. We will teach and encourage generosity, giving to God, and giving to each other. You know, that's what today's all about, to be honest. Our provision for the vision offering is actually about increasing our risk, our reach, our impact and legacy. We have to leave the next generation something better than what we have now. Missions are important. Jesus said to go into all the world. And we take him seriously when he said that, and we take him literally when we did that. So there you have a church. Morrowfield, Redcliffe, Warner. That's our mandate. That's the pattern and the plan that I believe that God has given us to see his church, not my church, not your church, but his church called Emerge Church going to grow. That's how we're going to build and that's how we're going to go forward. We won't always get it right. We're going to make some mistakes, but we've got a plan. We've got a template. So even if it does go wrong, we can go back to the plan. I'm going to ask the band to come, whether in the Morrow Field in Redcliffe. Why don't you come? That'll be good. Maybe you've already gone. I'm not sure. Uh, I hope that I've helped you today to understand the why behind the what. I pray it increases your confidence that your offering today is going to go to the extension of the kingdom. I most certainly pray that it increases your commitment to our church, but also encourages you how you fit in so that you can align with it. And I pray that it actually helps people take the next step. Pastor Enrico, Pastor Joe, why don't you come over into uh, take the microphone? We are going to say goodbye. Want to say goodbye to Morrowfield? Want to say goodbye to Redcliffe? And we'll just take your goodbyes for granted. We know that you're giving them back to us. God bless you. We're going to pray for the vision and then going to invite Nina up. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the immense privilege it is to lead this church, oh God. Thank you for the people that you've sent us, that you've given us to walk by with us. Father, we want everyone to come on this journey, oh Lord. So we're not going to race forward. When the children of Israel had to move, Moses moved slow enough so that those who are aged 
those that weren't as physically able were able to come. So Lord, I pray, let us move forward at at the pace that everyone can come, oh God. Father, not just the fit, not just those who are ready, but that everyone could come, oh Lord. I know that you're taking us into our promises, oh God. And I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that, that we would see your legacy, your story, your church built. We just ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Nina.